Wow. Y'all know where you're at? Do you know where you're at? You're in God's house. Amen. And in God's house means that He is in charge. Amen. And that's not a, that's not a ruling authority. That's not someone who, who's going to beat you down. Right? And if we, if we imagine God as some tyrant who is going to beat you down, then we've missed the whole point of the gospel. He is, he is a God of love. Matter of fact, Scripture says that He is love, which means everything you say about Him, you can say about His love. Amen? I thought Sam did a good, good job this morning um, sharing that love and sharing that idea uh, that a king came and laid in a scratchy manger, that he might grow to be our Savior. Amen. And what a privilege we've been given in him this morning. So we announced this series uh, probably close to a couple of months ago uh, that God had laid on my heart. And uh, it really came about because of all of the political strife and all of the stuff that we see in the land today. And I'm not I'm not beguiling anyone's political beliefs here this morning. You have the freedom as an American to believe the way that you believe. Amen. But I'm here to tell you that it was never supposed to be this way. It was never supposed to be like that. Right? I'm not even talking about the Constitution. I'm going all the way back to the Garden of Eden. If we go all the way back to the garden, God had set up a plan. God had set up a place where people would be constantly in connection with Him. Where people would be allowed to develop and cultivate and create what He had provided in this land. And to do it in communion and fellowship with Him. Amen? We were not meant to be ruled by presidents and congresses and kings and queens and, and things of that nature. We were meant to be ruled of God. We were meant, from our creation, we were meant to be ruled of His holy authority. Amen? Eve took the apple. And by taking the apple, she made herself aware of sin. She made herself aware of choices that, yes, we can choose something other than God. And by choosing something other than God, we bring the responsibility of those choices on ourselves. And by bringing those responsibilities upon ourselves, we bring ourselves to a place where we are either God's or we're the world's. Amen. And so as, as that is cultivated and as that has grown over years, we see that God was continually calling the people back to him through prophets. Through men anointed and men versed because of their supplication and, and the time that they spent with God, we, we see that there were men called to bring the people back to God. And again and again, they... And they warned the people again and again. They told the people again and again. They said to the people, here's God, right? And, and here is what God wants from you as a holy nation. And again and again, the people knowing they had a choice, 
chose the things of the world rather than the things of God. And again and again, the people chose to be their own ruler, to be their own king, to be their own decider of what they would be and how they would do life, amen, rather than choose God. And it came to such a head, it came to such a head that in in the book of Samuel, we read that as one of the last true prophets, Samuel, in, in chapter 8, 1 Samuel chapter 8, Samuel comes to the place that he's at his old age, and the people, the leaders of the people, come to him and say, we want a king. They come to him and say, we want a king. Let's read it, verse 1. And it came to pass when Samuel was old that he made his sons judges over Israel. Now the name of his firstborn was Joel, and the name of his second, Abiah. They were judges in Beersheba. And his sons walked not in his ways, but turned aside after lucre, and took bribes and perverted judgment. Then all the elders of Israel gathered themselves together, and came to Samuel unto Ramah, and said unto him, Behold, thou art old, and thy sons walk not in your ways. Now make us a king to judge us like all the nations. So you see, the people of Israel had come to this point and had come to this place that because of the lack of of spiritual authority over them and in them, right? You see, we always want to point fingers and blame, right? What's the preacher's fault? Well, it's this person's fault. What's that person's fault? Amen. But the reality is we never bring ourselves into the full glory of God. And by not bringing ourselves into the full glory of God, we lack spirit inside of us. And by lacking spirit inside of us, we make determinations and we make judgments and we make considerations based upon our flesh and what our flesh is driving us to rather than the power and the anointing of God in our life. Amen? And so we point fingers, and we blame, and we judge. Amen? Because from our perspective, everything's right. Right? I heard a friend, uh, a friend say the other day, he said he was describing fairness to, to his grandson. And I was thinking, oh, I'm, I need to take note of this, because I might have to have that conversation one day, now that I'm like a grandfather and everything. And so forth. And, and he, he told his grandson, he said, there's no such thing as fair. Because fair is what one person believes is right for them, no matter what it costs someone else. And I'm like, ooh, that was good. Amen? Because if we think about it, isn't that how we see fair? Isn't that we, how we walk away from something? Oh, that was fair because I got just what I wanted. Amen? Oh, that was fair because I, I feel really good about it. It glorified me. It, it patted me on the back. It made me look good. That was fair. Amen? But the reality is fair, fair by God's terms, fair is when God moves in our lives and does things according to the will of heaven regardless of what we want. Amen. Why is that, Jay? 
Amen? Because I think i got a pretty good idea here. You do have a great idea here, but if you're injecting your flesh into it, you're not allowing the purity of the Spirit to drive it. You're not allowing the purity of God's intent and God's will and God's plan for it to take it where it's supposed to go. Amen? Because a lot of us are really good at seeing the vision of what God has, but then choosing to drive the car. Right? Oh, I see it, God. I see the vision. I see what you've given me. I see what you've blessed me with. I got it from here. No. No. No, no, no. That's not how this works. Because if God gives you a vision that's way out there, then every step has to be God's. Every step has to be where he is. Every step has to be about his kingdom and his purpose so that you get to the end goal. Amen? Because if you start doing it your way, oh, look at this. I'm going to pull off here for a little while. Amen? Oh, look at that. That's cool. I'm going to go over here and take some pictures. Right? And then, and then we drive over here for a little bit and say, oh, you know what? This is really cool. I'm just going to stay here for a little while and forget about what I was doing for God. Right? And that's where the nation of Israel was. The, Israel of nation, the, the nation of Israel wanted what they wanted. They didn't care how fair it was. They didn't care how holy it was. They didn't care how how spiritual it was. And they didn't care what the vision was anymore. They wanted to be, by by the scripture, they wanted to be like everybody else. Amen. Amen. Here's, Here's a reality, Christian. God doesn't want you to be like everybody else. God wants you to be filled, and he wants you to be anointed, and he wants you to be blessed in the presence of him. Amen? He wants the full glory of God operating in your life and doing things that can't be done by man. Amen? And when you choose... When you choose to, to give up the steering wheel, amen, when you choose to get out of the car, and when you choose to walk the path that he has set before you every single step of the way, he will begin to nurture you and move you in his kingdom. Amen? Our problem, our problem is we have spent too much time learning how to navigate this kingdom. We've spent way too much time learning how to manipulate people, learning how to manipulate church, learning how to manipulate social media, learning how to make everything work for us rather than work for God. Amen? We've made kings in this world we have set up authorities in this life over ourselves maybe they're idols maybe they're maybe they're things that we have indebted ourselves to maybe they are things that we have just simply said i want that whatever the cost 
I want that. I want to be that. I want to look like that. Amen? And I'm going to be honest with you. When, when we walk the pathway of Christ, the suffering comes. Amen? I mean, scripture even tells us, the Apostle Paul even tells us that, amen, that if we're going to glory with him, we've got to suffer with him. Amen? And that's, see, that's the problem. That's the problem. None of us like to suffer. None of us like to sacrifice. None of us, none of us like that holy fear. We, we like our fear, right? To where we get what we want no matter the expense to everyone else. And in all of this, in all of this, we have come to a place of choosing kings. We have come to a place where we choose what we want and how we want and, and all that comes with it instead of choosing God. And when we don't choose God, we don't get God things. And that's what we need to understand. We come to church and we want to be a Christian. We come to church and we want to be spiritual. And we come to church and, and we want to be seen powerful. And we want to be seen anointed. And we want to see God moving in our lives. But when we walk out the door, we want what the world has. However it takes to get it. And so we choose kings. Amen? In the... Um, in the book of Isaiah, Scripture gives us this verse. And it is the crux of this series. And, and I want you to pay attention to it. You've heard it many times, but I want you to really pay attention to it. In the book of Isaiah, chapter 9, verse 6, he says, For unto us a child is born. To us a son is given. And the government, you want to come look? Right here. And the government shall be upon his shoulder, and his name shall be called Wonderful, Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of peace. Amen? Now let me ask you this question. Who in here wants someone ruling over their life who can be called wonderful? Seriously? Yeah, man, I'm all over that. Really, I got four hands up. Y'all need to learn how to play this game. right? Do you, want, do you want someone in your life who is wonderful? Raise your hand. Okay, now we're getting somewhere. All right? Do you want someone in your life who is a counselor of, of righteousness in your life? Amen. Do we want someone in our life and over our life called mighty God? Yes. How about, how about an everlasting father? Not one someone who runs away, but an everlasting father who is involved, who is engaged, and who is leading you through life. Amen? Raise your hands. Amen? And who, listen, who wants a prince of peace in their life? Man, some of you standing up. Listen, you have that choice. You have that choice. 
And the choice is to say to yourself, and the choice is to say to everyone else, no more kings. No more kings. Because the people who chose the kings chose selfishly. The people who chose the kings chose based upon the wish book. The people who chose the kings chose upon sin and sin's hold and sin's power on their life. They didn't want the power and the glory of God. They wanted what everybody else had. Let me tell you, friend, look around. Look around. Look in the community. Look in, look in the social stratus. Amen. It is easy to have what everyone else has. Amen. Because here's what everyone else has. Something that doesn't measure up. Something that doesn't measure up. When you choose the world, when you choose the sustenance of the world, when you choose the ideologies and philosophies of the world, you will eventually get somewhere where you have an aha moment and be like, oh, well, that wasn't what I expected. Well, that wasn't what I really wanted. Amen? And you say, now, Jay's just meddling. He's just making all this up. No, baby, you go read the New Testament or the Old Testament. You go read the Old Testament because Israel did this again and again and again. Israel again and again and again. I want what they've got. And so they pursued it. And they got it. And after a while, they were like, oh, yeah, eh, whatever. I want what they got. And so they pursued it and they got it, whatever the cost. Amen? And after a while, they're, ooh, gross. I don't want this anymore. I want what they got. Amen? And repetitively, they put themselves in this cycle of pursuing worldly things and pursuing worldly kingdoms and pursuing the things that they saw from everyone else and they spent themselves getting it only to realize that in the end, well, it's really not what I wanted. It's not everything I thought it would be. No, it's not everything that you thought it would be because everything that you thought was a vision God gave you and you started driving the car. Everything you got was something that God said, I have this for you. Follow me. And you pulled off on the side of the road somewhere. You got tired of the drive and so you just took a vacation for, I don't know, half your life in this place. Amen? And then you wondered why things ended up where they ended up. Amen? You see, God has chosen you. Every single one of you in here, God has chosen you, you are called with a purpose. You were made with a purpose. You were created for something godly and heavenly. Every single one of you. Every single one of you was crafted in your mother's womb by the hand of God. Amen? The question is, who did you choose as king?
The question is, who did you choose to write your story? Amen? Because, see, listen, you don't have a pen in the beginning. Satan doesn't have a pen in the beginning. Amen? But, see, some of us take the pen out of God's hand and start writing our cell phone. When we can't figure out what to write next, we hand the pen to Satan. Amen? And we let him start writing. And we end up where we end up. Amen? Pride, self, self-glory, vanity, all of these things begin to drive our life and we begin to put ourselves in some place God never intended us to be because we chose something less than God, what God wanted for our life. Amen? We'll get back to Isaiah. Probably every week we're going to spend some time in Isaiah But I want us to really understand what took place in 1 Samuel chapter 8. In 1 Samuel chapter 8, the elders, what does that mean? The most experienced, the wisest, those who have been set in a a way of leadership to, to guide and lead people where to go. So the most influential part of the people said, we don't want to do it God's way anymore. We want to do it our way. And by doing it our way, we want to choose what we want. We want what everyone else has. And as I said a few minutes ago, friend, that's easy. That's easy. The world makes it really easy for you to have what everyone else has. Amen? And the only reason you get to that point and place that you look around and be like, whoa, this isn't what I thought it was, is because you chose what the world got. Amen? It's funny. I got, I got people. I'm, I'm not nearly on Facebook as much as I used to be. But I got people. I got guys on, on my social media. And I got women on my social media. And everything that happens in the guys' dating lives is the women's fault. And everything that happens in the women's dating life is the guy's fault. Amen? And so they're constantly blaming and pointing fingers and and saying, amen, I can't have this because of them. Or I can't have this because of them. No, baby, you can't have... You can't have what you want and what your heart desires. is because you're choosing all this. Amen? Put your eyes. Put your eyes on the prize. Put your eyes on the prize. Put your eyes where God is. Put your eyes on Him. Amen? And you want to know what happens? A lot of us get to the point where I don't want to wait that long. I waited seven years. I went, from, I went from always having a girlfriend, sometimes more than one. I didn't say that out loud, did I? Um, amen. But, but I, I went seven years. When I said no more kings in my life, I meant it. When I said no more kings in my life, I put everything else away. And I have shared with you many times that I chose God. And if it meant not having a wife, if it meant not having a family, but I walked with him every day, I was okay with that. And so I stayed 
under his authority. And I stayed in his word and I stayed in prayer and I supplicated day and night the way scripture tells me to. I wanted nothing but God in my life. And I pursued it and I sought it. Amen? And you've heard me testify about, uh, about Sam, and you've heard me testify about our, our friendship and how we had no inkling for anything else. I'm going to tell you what, the J before, man, he would have been lusting, and he would have been, we, he would have been having ideas, and he would have been having all of this kind of stuff going on. It wasn't there. Why? Because I was filled with the power and the anointing of God. Amen. And I didn't want anything less. Because I had determined there would be no more kings in my life. There would be no more kings in my life if it meant I spent it alone. Amen? All I wanted was God. Amen? And so for seven years, it was me, man. For seven years, it was me and my church and my youth group. And the people that God slowly started placing in my life. The people God slowly started putting in my life who had the same goals, who had the same mission, and who were as sold out for God as I was. My friendships changed. My meeting places changed. The things I I did, the places I went, all changed. Why? Because I wanted him as my authority. I wanted him as my king. I wanted him and him only. For the rest of my life. I had made a decision in my life of no more kings. No more influence of this world or this life. I chose Jesus. Amen. I want you to listen to to what is said to the people who chose the kings of this world. Starting at verse 4 again. Then all of the elders of Israel gathered themselves together and came to Samuel and Ramah under Ramah, and said unto him, Behold, thou art old, and thy sons walk not in thy ways. Now make us a king to judge us like all the nations. But the thing displeased Samuel. When they said, Give us a king to judge us. And Samuel prayed unto the Lord. You see, Samuel saw it. Samuel knew this was bad. Samuel knew this would take them to a place of destruction. Amen? And scripture is lined with words that tell us that when we choose this life, when we choose this world, when we choose the things of this world, there's a path that seems right. Proverbs, there's a path that seems right, but it leads to destruction. There's a choice that seems okay, fair, if you will. Amen? But it will lead us to destruction. Verse 7. And here is is the conversation between the Lord and Samuel. And the Lord said unto Samuel. And when I read this. And when you read along with me. You ask yourself if this doesn't just sound like the world today. Hearken unto the voice of the people. And all that they say unto thee. For they have not rejected thee. But they have rejected me. That I should not reign over them. According to all the works which they have done. Since the day that I brought them up out of Egypt. Even unto this day. 
wherewith they have forsaken me and served other gods, so do they also unto thee. You know, we, we talk about this all the time, and I've had this conversation with, with many of you, but I'm, I'm going to be honest with you. If I had been in, in slavery in Egypt, and all those plagues came, right, and the death angel came and, and wiped out all of, the, all of the firstborn of Egypt, and, and then we, we departed Egypt, and, and God split a sea for me to walk across, and, and then he, he led me uh, with, with fire by night and cloud by day, and, and, and then birds came and brought me something to eat every day, and, and I tried to save some of it back, and it would just spoil so the birds could bring me more the next day. I mean, I'm going to be honest with you. I, I, must, I must be hard-headed or something if I'm going to step back and say, I want another God. I, 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 must, I must be wacko to, to step back and, and say, I don't want him to be my king. Because I, I don't know. I didn't see all of it. I read about it, and I, I, I envision it, and I imagine it. But I can't imagine how you live through that and how you see that and say no to him. I don't get it. I, I don't understand it. And then, and then you go from there, that they, 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 they cross the river and he parts that for them. And they begin to, to battle all of these other lands on their way to the promised land. And in every situation... God finds a way that they win the battle. Amen. In one time, amen, they, he even caused the two armies that were getting ready to, to sneak attack the nation of Israel. He even caused them to start fighting each other and wipe each other out so Israel could just walk by and be like, oh, look what happened here. Amen. I, I don't know about you, but that's my king. That's my king. Who sees it before me and does the impossible before me that I might overcome. Amen. The walls of Jericho, right? I'm not going to do my veggie tail impersonation this morning. Amen. But the walls of Jericho fell flat. Amen. You want to know why it was important that they fell flat? Because walls that big, if they crumbled down, you'd spend all day climbing up them. And, and the opposing army would stand there and just wipe you out when you got to the top. They fell flat so the army of Israel could rush in and win. You tell me, a king, who would have that mindset and that authority to call something to happen on that manner that you could win the battle. Amen? I don't know about you. I don't know about you, but I see so much evidence in Scripture that I came to a place and a point in my life where I chose him. Whatever it cost me here. Amen. And still to this day. Amen. I choose him whatever it costs me here. Amen. I've been offered more money to do this. Don't care about the money. I've been offered bigger titles to do that. Don't care about the titles. Amen. I don't care about the kings of this world. I am not interested in gaining anything of this world unless he personally places it in my hand like the manna 
that was delivered to the nation of Israel. Amen? Not interested. Not, you can't tease me with it. You can't, you, can't, you can't challenge me with it. You can't tempt me with it. Because I just don't care. I don't. I only want what he wants. Amen? I will stand beside the tree every day and refuse to pick the fruit because I want God. I have determined and decided no more kings. No more kings. Amen? We were talking at work this week, and I, you know how these what-if game comes up and everything else, and somebody said something about uh, if they, if, you know, God forbid they lose their spouse and, and what that would mean and blah, 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 and everything else. And they said, what about you, Jay? What if, what if something, God forbid, happened to Sam? Everything else is said, I would go right back to where I was when God gave me Sam. And they kind of looked at me and said, well, what does that mean? It seems my life will be about God. And I'm going to be honest with you. Our marriage is in that lane. Our home is in that lane. Amen? Our mindset is in that lane. Amen? Because I'm not interested in the worldly things. I'm interested in the godly things. I want the manna. Amen? I want the walls to fall flat. Amen? I want the, the fire at night, and I want the cloud by day. I want the things that my king, who's a wonderful counselor, my king, who is a mighty father, my king, who is everlasting for me and, every, and, and brings peace in my life as my prince, I want that every day, and I refuse to choose less. And the deeper I go and the further I go and the longer I serve him, the more I want nothing else. The more I want nothing else. Amen? It is not of interest to me. I don't care. And I mean it when I say that. Amen? Because we have to come to a place where we choose him. Completely. Not a little bit, not halfway, not part way, but we have to choose him completely. Amen. And you know what? We're silly enough to think, we're silly enough to think that 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 amen, we, we play it well. And maybe it's just me because I was one of those guys that played it long enough. Amen. That I can see through that stuff a million miles away. Amen. Maybe because I was that guy. Maybe I, I played it long enough, GB. Amen. That I can see right through it. Amen. And the reality for us is, so can he. This is his response. Not only did he say, not only did he say that they have chosen, they have chosen the world instead of me, he goes on to, to give them warning. According to all the works which they have been given, verse 8, done since the day that I brought them up out of Egypt, even unto this day, wherewith they have forsaken me and served other gods, so do they also unto thee. Verse 9, now therefore, hearken unto their voice. This is God saying, if they want less, give them less. If they want less power, give them less power. 
If they want less authority, give them less authority. Amen? And, and I ain't talking about less anointing because you ain't getting any anointing living like that. Amen? So if they want that, let them have that because they will miss out on all that I have. Now, therefore, hearken unto their voice, albeit yet protest solemnly unto them. And listen, this is God saying, show them the manner of king that shall reign over them. And here's what Samuel says to the nation of Israel this day. See if this doesn't sound like where we live in this world today. And Samuel told all the words of the Lord unto the people that asked of him a king. And he said, this will be the manner of the king that shall reign over you. He will take your sons and appoint them for himself, for his chariots, and to be his horsemen. And some shall run before his chariots. And he will appoint him captains over thousands, captains over fifties, and will set them to, a, to ear his ground, and to reap his harvest, and to make his instruments of war, and instruments of his chariots. Amen. You see, you see who, who the his is here, right? The his is the earthly kings. The gain and the profit comes to those who have been given rule. Amen. Sound familiar? And he will take your daughters to be confectionaries and to be cooks and to be bakers. And he will take your fields and your vineyards and your olive yards, even the best of them, and give them to his servants. And he will take the tenth of your seed and of your vineyards and give to his officers and to his servants. And he will take your men servants and your maidservants and your goodliest young men and your asses and put them to work, to his work. He will take the tenth of your sheep and ye shall be his servants. And ye shall cry out in the day because of your king, which ye have chosen you, and the Lord will not hear you in that day. This is anointed word of God through Samuel saying to the people, God will give you a king. God will give you what you want. God will let you have what you think is fair. But it's going to cost you all of that. It's going to cost you everything listed here. In return, God would have blessed you with all of that. God would have filled you with all of that. God would have provided for you all of that. But now you're going to work and produce it for your king. Instead of the king providing it for you. And here's their response. Verse 19. Nevertheless... The people refused to obey the voice of Samuel. And they said, nay, no. They stomped their foot and said, no, we will have a king. And they didn't stop there. That we also may be like other nations. 
They didn't just want a king. They wanted stuff. They wanted things. They wanted lifestyles. They wanted looks. They wanted feels. They wanted everything that we see plagiarizing our lives today in this world that we live in. And in so doing, and in so doing, they find themselves with far less than God would have ever given them. No, we will have a king that we also may be like all nations and that our king may judge us and go out before us and fight our battles. You know what that last part says? That he would go out before us and fight our battles? It also tells you they're not really good listeners. Because up above, Samuel told them that their sons would be the ones that would go out and stand before them and fight their battles. Amen? Not their king. Amen? I don't know about you, but I I like having a defender that sits on a holy throne. Amen? Amen? I like, I like having a defender who holds all things in his hand. I like having a God that says, I choose you over anything down there. And who from his throne can dictate an author My defense. My defense. Amen. I don't know about you, but if I'm having to choose a king, that's the king I want. If I'm I'm choosing a king, I don't want a king that's going to take my sons and throw them in front of him. I want a king that's going to throw his son in front of me. And that's what God did with Jesus Christ. 